Welcome back to the Alts Podcast. I'm your host, Horatio Ruiz. We bring you industry leaders and creators to give their insights on the rapidly changing and exciting world of alternative assets. Opinions expressed on this podcast by the host and podcast guests are for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Podcast hosts and guests may maintain positions in the offerings discussed in this podcast. The intro song, Fishing for Pets, is written and composed by Alan Goldscher from his latest release, Live at the Lakeview Lounge. Our guest today is Brian Harstein, founder and CEO of Acquire Invest. Acquire tokenizes securities of private deals for retail investors. With a minimum investment of just $50, Acquire is opening up access to investments that retail investors rarely get access to. Acquire uses the Ethereum blockchain to tokenize securities, opening up investment to blockchain's potential. In this episode, Brian and I will talk about Acquire, why he chose to use blockchain for investment securities, and the offerings on the platform. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Brian. All right, guys. So we're uh, very fortunate here. We, we stumbled upon a, a company, a really cool company, Acquire Invest. We have the founder and CEO today, Brian Harstein. Thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks, man. It's great to be here. I've been reading a little bit of your uh, newsletters and it's really hyper aligned with what we're doing. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, we were really excited You know, when we connected and we're finding out what you guys are, are working on. For sure, there's a lot of alignment there. Kind of want to talk about, Brian, what is Acquire Invest? Your journey into developing the the company, but I think we should start with that. Like, what is Acquire Invest, and what led you to develop it, and how is it different from maybe from other investment platforms? Yeah, I mean, look, we're a Web three company. We're using cutting edge blockchain technology and decentralized compliance engines to bring securities to the retail investor, uh, securities alternative private placement investments. You know, and I think right there that tells you a lot of things that are very different from the current offerings you see out there. Not a lot of people are focusing purely on the tokenization of assets, let alone the tokenization of real world assets within a compliance structure, utilizing blockchain to sort of leverage uh, scale and open up access to you know this asset class for just the average person, also to accredited investors as well. That's a really cool component of, of the company. You guys are going to tokenize these securities. And basically what, what people are doing, what investors are going to do is they're going to be buying a security that's going to be tokenized and put on a blockchain. What are the advantages of that? What leads you to believe that, that that's a route that maybe investors want to go in in terms of being able to tokenize their investments? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Over the last 10 years, you've seen just this explosion of retail investors just taking over you know, the movements of markets. I think the statistic that NASDAQ put out was 77% of the markets are owned by retail investors. Uh, which is staggering, you know. And I think on the blockchain side, uh, the growth of Web three, starting with Bitcoin back in 2010, it's now become kind of an inevitable thing. Uh, it's being used at the institutional level. Uh, people are looking to transfer the literal dollar into, you know, a, what they call a CBDC. It's kind of more commonplace than it has been over the last several years. And with the president kind of pushing out that executive order which kind of put a hot button on what we're doing. He pushed regulators and, you know, some of the lawmakers to move faster, you know, push this technology to become more regulated, but also foster innovation at the same time. And I think that's brought a big focus here. And I think specifically around the private placement sector, we see a lot of potential to unlock lost costs. 
I think the statistic that we're finding most frequently is you can save about 40% on the life cycle management of the average asset that is tokenized just by purely automating functionality using blockchain technology, automating back office and middle office costs associated with you know, issuing and maintaining an offering uh, out to you know, just even just uh, accredited investors, let alone a, a scaled to you know, retail investors. That's amazing. So basically you're talking about in some ways disrupting that market in terms of the paperwork fees, right? Every time you get charged these, these management fees, things like that, you're saying that the tokenization can actually, those savings can be carried over to the investors. Yeah. I mean, well, management fees, those typically come with different types of financial products. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, certain types of funds will have a management fee for, you know, just various functions they do on the backside of those funds. But in terms of operating the fund, you know, some of the costs associated with, for example, a dividend distribution, those can those can eat into the profits that you would have seen. Uh, but if the technology can automate some of that functionality and reduce the friction, right? Reduce the middlemen and the rent seekers that sit in the middle of this transaction, uh, you can see a pretty significant gain on the dollars that actually are collected to the dollars that you as an investor would receive. And that's just one instance where blockchain can you know, uh, make the process more efficient. That's one aspect of Acquire. The other thing that, that was so uh, cool to learn about is kind of the deals that you're having uh, in place. You're, you're kind of trying to allow retail investors to have access to, to investments that they normally wouldn't have access to. Could you speak a little bit about that? That's actually kind of the core of what we do. Our entire marketing campaign is all around access. You know, traditionally, private placement assets have been locked out from retail investment access. You know, I think the accredited investor rule went in in the, I think it was in the uh, mid 80s, you know, during a little bit of a crisis that was going on and people are taking advantage of the average person. So the government steps in and says, you know, here's a, here's a rule. This is designed to protect you. And yet over the last, you know, 40, 50 years, you know, we've seen it do a little bit of the opposite. It's created a bit of more of a wealth gap. You know, we we look at the portfolios of accredited ultra wealthy investors, and those are made up almost fifty percent of just alternative investments and private placements. That's a staggering number, considering that the retail investor is locked out of that entire asset class. Can you talk about some of the asset classes that you're looking at for acquire, in terms of like what what kind of investments maybe might be different from? what other you know investors currently have access to? Yeah, so the alternative asset market is pretty broad. You know, there's some companies, really cool companies out there that are doing some interesting things with like collectibles, like Masterworks or really Road. Some of them are tokenizing, some of them aren't. But uh, another part of the alternative asset class isn't just, you know, these collectible assets or, or, or you know, blue chip art, as it were. Um, you know, we're looking at things like real world investment deals. You know, individual deals for, say, a building downtown, apartment building, you know, going up in uh, upstate New York. You know, one of those might never hit a public market. It's a deal that typically gets taken down by banks, um, individual, you know, family offices or individual accredited investors, you know, ultra wealthy individuals. And, you know, what we're hoping to do is unlock deals like these real estate offerings, like individual movies, video game assets, you know, fun things in the media entertainment space you know, cash flow deals, individual energy deals, you know, everything from equity to cash flow type uh, offerings. If it's an investment contract in the private placement space and it has a term of length or, you know, for example, equity is sort of until you have an exit, uh, it's something we can tokenize, right? We can tokenize it, um, turn it into what we call a smart share internally. 
and put it up on the platform. And if we file those things correctly with the SAC, you know, say under Regulation A+, we can bring that to the public and have an unlimited number of consumer investors get access to the same deals that these uh, you know, ultra-wealthy investors have access to currently. Yeah, I think that that targeting the retail investors is huge, right? That's really democratizing the investment space. You mentioned a little bit before about the entertainment industry, you know, your interest in, in blockchain. I was wondering if you could talk about that. If you could talk a little bit about your, you know, your history, what drove you to uh, create a company like this? Where, where do you come up with these things? You know, where you're going to tokenize these securities. I imagine you have some interest in, in crypto. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, we, we wrote a bunch of Medium articles, you know, and put those out there. And, uh, you know, there's a little bit of the history, the idea of where Acquire came from. But back in the day when I was, you know, doing some media investment management and shifted into doing personal investment management, uh, basically due diligence for a bunch of different offerings that some wealthy individuals were putting money into at the time. You know, I was trying to find businesses that they were putting money into and make sure that they were doing what they were doing properly, efficiently, and, you know, kind of <laughs> kind of just tracking the money, making sure it wasn't wasted. And, you know, I was talking to these guys and at the time, it, this was 2015, and they were really interested in blockchain. It was, this is five years after Bitcoin came up. It's the founding year of Ethereum, uh, kind of when ICO started, and they were really interested in that space. You know, I personally had already been doing some Bitcoin mining kind of in the, uh, on the side just for fun. Nothing big, you know, kind of tested it, sold it really fast, got back in. Uh, definitely didn't make money. I should have held it, you know, like everybody says, but you know, made a little bit and got out. But these guys were really interested in blockchain. They wanted to push forward. And I kept saying, look, I'm helping you guys with investment management. I kind of understand the space a little bit. You probably don't want to go this ICO route. It's unregulated. And you may or may not get a call from a, a regulatory agency, you know, like the SEC, for example. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sure enough, that's that's what happened by 2017. Over the course of working with them, I started asking the right questions and kind of found this this gap from, I guess, a unique perspective in what I was uh, doing with them at the time. So, you know, that was where the the initial idea came from. And I met uh, some guys in uh, early 2017 that were building some compliance technology on the blockchain and since built an incredible company um, called Securency. And we are, uh, we are utilizing some of their backend to, you know, bring these assets to market within our platform. You know, so it's, it's, it's been a fun process and I've kind of touched every part of blockchain. I kind of sit in the world. I'm one of those DeFi guys that sits on his computer discussing weird things on Discord with a bunch of interesting people to understand how everything works and understand how we can utilize it to, to better the assets that we put onto the Acquire platform. So people are going to be kind of uh, interacting with a token, right? They're going to be interacting with the blockchain without without really knowing it in some ways. How important is that to where, you know, the, the, that user experience is kind of what I'm getting at is how important is it for, for people to feel comfortable being able to invest in a token without really kind of going, you know, knee deep into the space. It's absolutely incredibly important. It has to be something familiar to people. The second that you put something up that scares them that they don't understand, you know, it, it's it's fear, uncertainty, doubt, right? People just look at it and they go, I don't know if I understand this enough to invest in this class of asset or type of technology or through this technology into these assets, you know, so you have to make it digestible. You have to make it something that uh, appeals to the the lowest common denominator in the room. You know, that's messaging 101. So the UX has to follow this uh, and we have to appeal to, you know, pretty much everybody. This is a retail focused product and 
while it is utilizing blockchain technology, uh, which is cutting edge, you know, financial engineering, you know, what we're doing is, is trying to make it accessible. Uh, and everything we do at Acquire is through this one lens, and that's, you know, a user-obsessed lens. What is the user going to do? How are they going to digest this? Do they understand if I put this word in this place? You know, what is a token? You know, so there's a lot of education and learning that happens throughout the app as a user experiences, you know, investments, trades, uh, discovering new offerings and new types of deals. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of NBA Top Shot, where people are buying NFTs and they're just straight up using their, you know, their credit card or, or whatever, and they have this this you know wallet online and and they're interacting with with the blockchain and the NFTs, but they don't even know it. And that 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 was what they give credit to for the NFTs, you know, gaining popularity is people at first didn't have to go through that whole process of changing things between Coinbase and MetaMask, for example. The user, the experience there was was seamless, right? So it helped them kind of jump into the space. Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be frictionless. You know, I think when people get into an app, you know, you want it to be as as few steps as possible. Yeah. And you want them to be able to onboard and be able to purchase something with a currency they're familiar with. And hopefully over the course of this, they're they're able to, you know, start integrating with the blockchain ecosystem because they realize what they're actually doing underneath the hood. Now, on the other hand, this appeals just as much to that prosumer, you know, DeFi guy that wants to you know, dig in and, and invest with his Bitcoin or with his Ethereum into a real world asset, you know, you can take those currencies and you can purchase just like you would with US dollar ownership in whatever the investment contract is that you're looking at. You know, I think that's an incredible use case for anything, any cryptocurrency out there. So it goes without saying that you've kind of put a lot of effort and energy into thinking about how people are going to be looking at your app you know, how people are going to be looking at your site when they are investing. Yeah, absolutely. That's where we started. We, we looked at it and said, there's a lot of people building a lot of incredible protocols. You know, we're going to focus on more of the smart contract layer and we're going to focus on the UX. It's about not just the retail investor, but also the issuers, the issuers that are looking to tokenize investments that have, uh, you know, funds or um, alternative investments, like some of the ones we talked about here and give them a, you know, a bridge into this world a digestible, easy to uh, understand bridge, even though it's a little complicated at times. Sure. Of course. I know we've talked about it. I know you've talked about what your guys are planning on offering. Can you give any insights into any like opportunities that you've seen in the space? Uh, you know, not guaranteeing any returns or anything like that, but some emerging markets that you see that might have, you know, a potential down the road, maybe for when you guys have your platform live. Oh man. Yeah. We are super excited about you know, the media and entertainment space to initially launch a handful of assets in that. It touches one of my backgrounds personally. So before I got into the whole investment management space, you know, I built a company in uh, the media and entertainment space. We did packaging and development and production for TV and film. We had some small early, you know, successes. And then we had a, some decent, you know, packaging development sales to studios. And then, you know, here we are building this app. And I, I look back and I go, these would be absolutely incredible assets to uh, to feature on the uh, on the platform. We really want to, you know, offer the users two types of assets really. There are these fun exciting, you know, we call them the hot assets, right? The things that you go home and you'll turn on the TV and watch this TV show. You'll turn on the TV and play some video games and those are things that you'll be able to invest in. On the other hand, you know, we have this bread and butter you know, this is the stuff that's going to be not as hot. You know, it's it's not as cool to talk about, but man, you can invest in it, and it's probably going to be pretty uh pretty safe investment comparatively. And 
you know, it's not going to give you that, that tingle, but uh, it's definitely (laughs) going to be the thing that makes up probably the majority of your portfolio. Um, You know, our goal at Acquire is to give a retail investor the ability to make up half of their entire portfolio with alternative investments and then diversify their alternative investments across different types of assets like those. Awesome. So we can look forward to seeing some media and entertainment. I don't think uh, I haven't seen too much of that in the alternative asset space right now. What stage are you guys in right now for, for Acquire? I know you guys are sort of sort of in beta right now. You guys are planning some big things in a, in a, in a couple of weeks uh, in terms of like launching some stuff out. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like what stage you're in and in, in which stages you guys are planning to kind of unveil everything that you guys have? Yeah. So we are, you know, an early stage company. We're still in development. Uh, we're developing the beta now. We hope to have that launched for uh, a certain set of users in late 2022. And then we're hoping to have the entire app launched in 2023 to the public. Now, there's something interesting there uh, because we are planning to launch a public raise. You know, we're going to drink our own Kool-Aid, tokenize our own shares, just like we're going to tokenize shares of any other investment offering and offer those to users to invest in. You know, we're going to start with a WeFunder campaign, which is very simple, non-tokenized. We're going to then offer uh, security tokenization uh, where you can connect a digital wallet and invest directly with Ethereum. Now, if you want access to the beta before the public launch and access to the first flagship assets that we will launch in the future, stuff we can't talk about now, you know, which hopefully will be late 2022, you have to be a participant in the uh, in the offerings. You know, we are going to offer an NFT uh, that gives you access to the beta. That's kind of a really neat, you know, first of its kind type uh, NFT where you know it links directly to the app and will give you access to get into the app where the public will not have access to that same beta. In the future, when the beta goes live, that NFT retains value. It will give you a discount on your trade fees. It will give you first looks at investments prior to the, uh, launching it on the public uh, platform. And yeah, the beta access is going to be fun. You guys should definitely check that out. So with that with that NFT, that it's like an access pass, people will be able to invest in, they'll be the early investors. At first. That's right. We'll have a medium article going live that will kind of give you the tiers and you know at what point you will be able to qualify to claim an NFT. Now we are not selling this NFT. This is not uh, your typical NFT sale where you don't get anything. I mean, you are when you invest, you're getting equity in our company, you're getting the ability to claim an NFT. Yeah. And that NFT has real value, cost uh, reduction value. If you're a trader or if you want to sell this to you know, a whale that does a lot of trading on the app, hopefully in the future, you know, that's probably going to give them you know, some, some real value. Wow. So the more of the NFT that you own, the more kind of equity you might have and acquire. And those benefits almost kind of accumulate with each other. So there's two things, right? So if you invest, let's say you know, it's, it's a one-to-one situation. So you'll invest, let's just call it $1,000 to make it easy. Uh, $1,000 will equal 1,000 of the um, acquire token, right? And that token is a security token representing ownership in the underlying asset, the okay. underlying asset being our company. The NFT is a separate piece, right? This is something that if you invest a certain number, right, and you're holding a certain number of tokens, then you're able to claim this NFT. You know, the NFT then will give you that value and you can link it to your account in our early access user dashboard, which we're hoping to have in June. And then late this year, you'll be able to link it to the actual app. And then when you start buying and selling and trading and interacting with the actual platform, you know, you will be able to uh, 
reap the benefits of the discount and sales and the uh, early first looks on private investments. So talking about the investments, do you see it being uh, a fund? Are people going to be able to invest in a fund? Will they be able to invest in individual um, assets uh, or both? Yeah, it's it's going to be both. Anything that's a private alternative investment, you know, will be something that we will consider tokenizing. We everything goes through a listing process, right? There's a curation process. They have to meet qualitative and quantitative, you know, metrics in order to qualify to even be listed or tokenized. Once they do meet those uh, standards, then we, you know, we will proceed to tokenize and list them on the platform and. You'll see them in categories. We call it the market portal. You know, you can go through and find individual offerings based on, say, you know, energy or utilities or debt or media and entertainment. So you click into that and you'll find individual offerings. Outside of that, we are going to have a section for funds. So one of our B2B angles for the company is that uh, we can take any fund, we can tokenize that fund, and then we can offer it through the platform so they can have a direct-to-consumer experience and open that fund to a much larger scalable level of LPs rather than, you know, focusing on the typical, you know, accredited only type investment relationships, you know, and those funds reach beyond just traditional funds. We're looking at DAOs. Um, You know, we are a DeFi company and, you know, looking at DAOs that file properly with the SEC and put up the proper structure, you know, those also, they already are tokenized. And then we will put a security token layer on top of that uh, which carries that uh, the information of the rules and regulation at which they filed and can enforce that live, uh, whether someone can or cannot invest in said fund or DAO. And then, you know, we'll list those on the platform too. Uh, so you could invest in, you know, an NFT investment fund, DAO, right? The Decentralized Autonomous Organization for those that uh, don't know what we're talking about. And uh, and you can do it right in the app. Okay, yeah, it, it seems so. So now, now when you talk about those things, you kind of see the cases for put building a you know a fund on the blockchain. There there are a lot of possibilities there. So as people are learning more about acquire, what are some things that they could do to inform themselves a little bit better about your mission, your kind of philosophy of you know opening up investing for retail investors? How can they track your your progress? Uh, and what are some things that they could do to learn more about you guys? Yeah, we're coming out of stealth mode. So we've just started releasing a lot of content. We've got some marketing teams. They're just spinning up and. Uh, it's it's pretty exciting to actually share all this with the public. We've got a Discord. You can find us there. Uh, there's a link directly from our website, which is acquireinvest.com. Our blog is all Medium posts. Uh, we stay pretty focused. So we're focused on Twitter, Medium, and our Discord, which is just starting. It's going to be a place for not just people investing through Acquire, but you know anybody looking into alternative investments uh, that want to talk about anything DeFi, surrounding you know tokenized securities, blockchain-based assets. So it's going to be a, a, a hopefully an exciting place for people to be over the next couple of years as this asset class grows dramatically. For sure. And what's the best place to kind of reach out to you? Yeah, definitely. Twitter, acquireinvests.com. There's an S at the end of that. And uh, uh, Brian Harstein, just B-R-I-A-N-H-A-R-S-T-I-N-E and pop up on Twitter and let's uh, let's have a chat. That's awesome. We'll definitely be listing some of those uh, those links to your articles on the podcast channel. So if people are interested, they could they could hit those. Brian, best of luck, man. I know you guys are, are building something pretty cool, and yeah, I know I know you guys are going to do really well. We're gonna we're gonna catch up in a couple months. Awesome. Thanks, man. Looking forward to the next one. Absolutely. Take care. Acquire will be unique for offerings that will include sectors like media and entertainment and biotechnology. Its use of the blockchain and giving access to retail investors that would normally be locked out of top-level private investments. 
We'll have Brian back on the podcast in a couple of weeks to discuss some of the legal frameworks around the choir and developments around DAOs. If you enjoyed today's podcast, let others know about it. We find our guests so interesting and knowledgeable, and I know others will too. Or leave a review or hit the follow button. Until the next episode, take care.